Hello and welcome back to Own Your Intuition. I'm Kelly Rich and today I am talking to you about what it's like being a psychic medium. I often get asked, how do you turn this thing off? How do you turn off your gifts? And my answer is through practice. It has taken practice, unlearning, relearning what I have believed to be truth around boundaries in particular. About six years ago, I remember being on a massage table while one of my mentors was, you know, doing her thing and doing her energetic work and her magic. And I remember looking out the window, watching all, all the birds fly by. And I remember how free they looked and appeared and how stuck and scared I felt. I was at the time learning new language so that I could communicate more clearly how I felt and what I was experiencing. My sensitivities were heightening, felt like every single day and just being outside, like out of my house felt like I was taking in colors more deeply and the sounds more deeply and smells more deeply. And it was startling, especially if, you know, you think about being numb for so long and then all of a sudden you can feel so much at once, it's likely going to be really overwhelming. So at the time I was really learning to understand that my gifts weren't curses that I would be a slave to for the rest of my life. And I knew that with this understanding that I needed to accept my gifts so that I could essentially accept me because I am who I am, you know, (laughs) and having boundaries around my work was crucial and is crucial even today. And I suggest that you find them for yourself if you haven't already. I used to be woken up at night by deceased family members of clients I was going to be seeing in sessions the next day, and I would be alone cooking dinner in my kitchen after a long day and feel things around me, entities, um, energies, ghosts, and they were distracting. And I used to doubt what I felt, what I knew to be true, just because of how other people would perceive what I was experiencing. I was worried about someone else not believing me, understanding. So I started to have this internal turmoil with myself. You know, what is this? I'm crazy. Lots of that language. This is crazy, right? I would say. And I was quickly reminded that that language wasn't serving me. Many years ago, people that were really sensitive or that would see visions or have premonitions, they would often be called crazy. So I highly recommend that if you're somebody that often says, whoa, that's so crazy or how crazy is this experience that that I've had, you may not have the intention that using the word crazy is causing harm, but it, it may be. It may even be causing harm to somebody witnessing that experience of hearing you use the word crazy may also trigger something inside of you that comes from a past life or something in your DNA, your ancestral lines. So my suggestion is pay attention to how much you use that word and what can you replace it with? Wow, how wonderful, how spectacular, how beautiful, how magical, how miraculous. Those are all other ways to use in place of the word crazy. You know, and all of this is, is in the past for me because of boundaries that I have set 
and have been flexing. You don't just set a boundary one day and then kind of walk away from it and be like, I'm good. Everything's great now. Maybe, maybe that can happen. But most of the time for most people, that's not the case. And creating healthy boundaries with what I am and not available for has changed my life. And they'll change yours too if you're ready and if you're willing to let go of any old patterns or belief systems that you must obey everyone so that they will like you. Well, I don't know about you, but I didn't come here to be liked. You know, there's a part of me past Kelly that would argue with that statement. I spent a lot of my life wanting people to like me and living my life and and making decisions based out of keeping other people comfortable. I spent enough of my life worrying if people liked me. If I had the right this or that or talked in the right way, not too loud, not too quiet. I was smart, but I wanted to make sure I wasn't too smart. Ambitious, but not too ambitious. Successful, but not too successful. Yeah, any of this ringing a bell for you? Messy, but not too messy. Perfect, but not too perfect. It's fucking exhausting, right? I heard some really beautiful poetry recently that reminded me that yes, it's uncomfortable to be the least successful, smart, pretty, and so on person, but it's possible that it's even more uncomfortable and curse worthy to be the most successful, to be the smartest person in the room or the most beautiful, because there will always be people that would kill those people to be in their spot. There will always be people that are jealous, that are envious, that are uncomfortable simply being in their presence. And if you know what that feels like, you know, you've probably tried to hide some of your gifts or your talents or characteristics so that you didn't have attention on you because the attention was uncomfortable, right? And until you really love yourself and accept all parts of yourself, you can then accept the darkness in others, especially when they project it toward you. And when they project it toward you, the more you love yourself, the more you're able to send those projections back because they're not yours to carry. No matter what you do, someone isn't going to like it. It's just fact. And if you do or are something that people admire, be ready. Be ready for others to take note and to very likely, I don't want to say try to be like you, but that I do see that happen sometimes. And people will also, I mean, you can look at different brands or the Fortune 500 companies and how many of them copy each other. They see what works and then they take it and they make their own spin out of it. You know, you must put on your blinders. You must just keep going and checking in with yourself constantly. Am I being true? Am I being true? Am I being true? Am I being true? And true to who you may may ask. Well, true to you, you know, true to yourself, true to you. It's not about other people. And, you know, if you have a business and you're wanting your business to be conscious and sustainable and serving others, then of course, you know, your business does need to meet the needs of your clients or your consumers. But it's important to let it resonate with you first, what wants to move through you first, or that whole mission of helping others will backfire. 
holding boundaries with what type of energy you let into your space, the types of clients you're willing to work with, the people you share information with, and even how you show up in public as an empath or a sensitive or a psychic or an intuitive, whatever your language is. It's your responsibility to protect your energy. You know, you're not drained because there were too many people in the grocery store. You're drained because your boundaries were either weak or you may have needed to do something else with your time that day. Maybe. When we're affected by someone else's energy, that's on us. It's on us to bless that lesson, to disconnect and repeat. Being a psychic medium for me is a dance between trusting, trusting, and trusting some more. I don't try to do anything during a session. In the beginning, I tried so hard to make sure that it was perfect and I got everything and I was clear and that just created blocks. You know, I was lucky enough to be working with others that helped me to see that and a lot of gracious mentors that weren't in a place of jealousy. They were in a place of really supporting me. You know, they didn't see it as, oh, she's going to take clients for me because she's doing the same work. They saw me as somebody that was gifted just like them and that they felt called to work with me for some reason to support me because there's enough space for all of us. And through having people like that, those mentors in my life, I was able to really trust. And today, you know, I'm even blown away that I'm about to say this, but I honestly trust what I see, what I hear, what I feel, what I taste, smell, and know. I use all of my senses in a, in a reading, in a session, whereas some other psychic mediums or intuitives may just be clairvoyant or just hear something or hear and smell or just taste or feel. In some, yes, all of the above, all senses are kind of accessed in a session. And it's my job to get out of the way and let spirit do its thing. Right? I don't own any wisdom that comes through. I don't own any advice I give. I am simply a channel for the work to move through me. I'm a vessel. I'm a passenger in this work. And if my vessel is crowded with other people's opinions, their negativities, judgments, jealousies, then it's my job to bless them and to clear them out. It's not that person's fault. Then you know, it's it's mine. It's it's on me because my energy is my responsibility. And something else I want to share about the senses in a session, because I know other psychic mediums, you know, we all we're all different. Even though we do very similar work, we operate differently. We have different skill sets and boundaries and policies and people we want to work with. And Sometimes what I find is I'll sit in a session with someone, say it's my first client of the day, and I'll often maybe just see for that client, like clairvoyance really comes in and for whatever reason, spirit or their guides is getting my attention through clear vision, where I may have a client after this person and I'll smell a lot and I'll feel a lot, but I won't have a lot of visions So what I have begun to understand and I've been sitting with as time passes is every client is different, 
when you come for a session, I'm not just like going through some kind of list of things to check off. I don't have specific questions I ask or specific things I share. It's really the process of trusting what comes up is for the client and how it is presented is specific for that client to digest. So if somebody comes in and they have a memory, for example, of their grandmother cooking them baked apple pie, and their memory is through the olfactory nerve, meaning they their sense of smell is activated in this memory. They remember the smell of the baked apple pie. It's very unlikely that, I mean, it could happen. But what I found through experience that that sense for me is activated because of that person's memory was through smell. Yes, I may see a vision of apple pie, but it's more likely that spirit or their guides or this person's grandmother who used to bake that pie that is now deceased gives me the smell of apple pie so I can communicate and connect with that person. Now, on the other hand, if someone remembers eating and tasting chai that their mother used to make for them every fall morning. Maybe what comes through for me and to connect them with their mother is I'm tasting chai. Your mother is is giving me this taste of chai. Can you tell me what that means? So every session is is different to meet the person and the clients that are there. So it's really about trusting. So if you're wanting to do this work or you're interested in this work, like it starts with trusting yourself first. Then as you trust yourself more and more, you'll be able to trust things that come in for other people. It's important to also remember that you're just a vessel, right? Kind of like I mentioned a few moments ago. You know, you don't, you don't own any of this information. You're showing up if you choose to act like a clear channel. People often ask me if I read everyone I come into contact with. I've had people even comment to me in a very interesting way of, oh, is Kelly reading me now? Or, oh, is Kelly doing... No, like yes and no. No, because I'm not interested in giving everyone a full reading every second of the day of my life, right? Whether or not I share the information with them. That would be a complete lack of boundaries for myself, but also for them, for you. And honestly, that would be a really, I think that would be a really boring way for me to live because I wouldn't actually be experiencing my own life. I'd be experiencing everyone else's and their feelings and their thoughts and their past loved ones and their traumas and no. So the answer is no. However, yes, because it is a part of me. I'm not doing like a full intuitive reading on every person I meet that I think that would be physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, just not a thing that wouldn't, that wouldn't be able to happen. And the best way I can describe what I mean by yes is if somebody comes up to me that I'm just meeting, it's as if I can feel them. Um, it's just my nature. You know, I feel if they're ill-intentioned, if they're lying, if they're truthful, if their heart's open, if they're closed. And you listening right now, you're doing this whether you're aware of it or not. And Sometimes I 
meet somebody and I wish that I felt something else. Have you ever had that happen to you? Like you meet someone and you've heard so many wonderful things about them. You have friends that work with them and you know, I have this one person in mind in, in my local community that I know so many people that work with her and do things with her. And I've, I've tried so hard to ignore my intuition. Like I'm just being totally honest with you right now. Worked so hard to ignore my intuition. I even have goosebumps now as I speak about it because it's heartbreaking sometimes to, to just see how I guess ill-intentioned people are because, you know, if you want to see the best in everyone, you're going to be let down eventually. And it's, it can be painful sometimes. So I have to remember to keep my heart open and, and to feel the pain and, and to feel the discomfort that comes with seeing truth, even when nobody else understands especially, you know, friends that are like, what are you talking about? She's awesome. And she does this. And, you know, empaths and people who are really sensitive energetically and feel other people's feelings, they are, they can read beyond what you're saying. When someone says to you, oh, hello, I love your dress. But you can feel that they actually don't love your dress and they're filling either the space or time with words or they're doing it, they're saying it because they want you to like them. You know, empaths and people who feel others' energy are picking up on that. And that can be a a devastating way to live. And what I find is a lot of empaths and sensitives tend to close themselves off because it would be easier to just not know. It would be easier to just see the good in everyone. And then when they get hurt or when someone you know, kind of proves them, them right, or I guess in this case proves them wrong, only then do they wake up into their intuition of, I knew it. I just hit it. I knew it, but I buried it. I knew that, but I didn't listen. You know, how many times have you said that? How many times have you done that? And my question to you is, do you want to keep living that way or like is enough enough? Can you trust how you feel about that person, even though everyone else may like them? Oh, let everyone like them, you know, like fine. They've got their own shit to work out, their own lessons. They're not yours to worry about. Trust your heart. It will never lead you astray. I really feel called to share more in depth about this particular person. You know, I'm not outing them. It's not my interest at all. And I'm not going to name any names, but I recently had an experience where everything I felt about this person came on a silver platter and delivered to me. And I remember sitting in my living room because it was such a beautiful moment for me, as messed up as that may sound, but it really was because I really felt like my guides were circling around me and and saying, you know, you, your feelings were valid and we're going to gift you this to show you, you know, how gifted you are and that when you keep your heart open, even though it hurts so much sometimes, that we're right here with you, that you're doing the good work. And 
I just, I just share this because I, I, I know that there's someone listening that has gone against their instincts out of keeping other people comfortable and you don't have to do that. You really don't. You have choices. So that's all I'll say on that. Just keep trusting yourself. And, and if it's hard, ask for help. All right, moving on. I wanted to ride. I feel like I got off track a little bit talking about my experience, but it's safe to say, you know, and confidently say that I deserve a healthy life as do you. And that also consists of boundaries. And if information starts pouring in or I feel a past loved one trying to get my attention so that I can give you information. For example, sometimes this happens like in the grocery store line. I will assertively state I am unavailable. I am unavailable. You know, do not bother me. I'm not working. And when I first started to open up into accepting this work as a psychic medium, I had to do this a lot more frequently than I do now. I feel like the more that I've done it, I've been flexing this muscle of these boundaries and it's gotten easier. And I feel like energies know, like my container is thicker, is more clear. And I have a rhythm down where I clock into work for spirit when I'm in my certain chair or certain place, do my certain things and call in energies and also a rhythm when I'm finished, meaning when I'm like clocking out. If you're wanting to access your intuition and, and flex your gifts, I recommend having your own rhythms and finding out what works for you, having your own rituals. And that may be where a mentor comes in. And that's something that I talk about with clients in the one-on-one mentorship. Something else that comes up a lot is people will message me after a session in hopes to either receive clarity on something that comes up in a session or just wanting more information. And I will kindly respond to book another session or take time to integrate and process what came up. And why that is, is because number one, I don't hold on to any of your information that comes into the session, into the session, because it's not mine to carry. And to answer your questions means that I'm channeling again, means I'm working again. And that requires you to schedule in with me, which leads me to number two, which is, yeah, you may have guessed it, boundaries. You know, boundaries, so important. The final thing I will address that comes up a lot is why I don't work with family members or close friends. And really what it comes down to is through experience of working with family and friends has <laughs> led me to this decision. And I'm laughing because it's just another lesson, you know, like I, just cause I do this work as a psychic medium doesn't mean that I don't have my own lessons and my own things to work through. And trust me, I've had sessions and I've said yes to people that I wanted to say no to it. But through those experiences, I've, I've just learned more about myself and, and how I want to operate as a professional. And working with people I know outside of work on somewhat intimate level is distracting. The less I know about you, the easier it is for me to channel. It's true. The less I know, the easier it is. When I know as much as there is to know about someone or even half, that fills my mind when I go to sit with you. Yes, I still meet with friends, but I'm not meeting with friends that I grew up with and that I've known since I was seven or eight years old, you know, those are, they're very different, at least for me. And also I found that 
When I have sat with close loved ones in the past, they have more expectations than strangers, which is interesting. And they also tend to think they're meeting with the Kelly that they know. And it's often hard for them to accept that they're not actually meeting with Kelly that they know. They're meeting psychic medium Kelly. Kelly who is channeling Kelly. So another boundary, I don't work with family or my best friends. You know, maybe that will change someday, but at this point I can truthfully say it's very unlikely. So that's it. You know, are you a psychic? Are you a medium? Are you an empath? Do you feel like you could be or have feelings or knowings that you have dormant gifts? Well, my intuitive mentorship one-on-one and, and the intuitive readings that I offer are a great place to uncover or to dive e- deeper into these types of questions and inqu- inquiries. And I'd really love to hear how this episode lands with you and if you enjoyed it at all. You can write to me on Instagram, the DMs, at Kelly Rich Intuitive, or head to my website, kellyrichintuitive.com. The Own Your Intuition Group Mentorship is now full, which is super exciting. However, I'll be releasing a three-day live online experience soon, like in the next few days when this episode goes live. And I have monthly new moon ceremonies happening beginning September 16th, which you can sign up at my website as well. And these ceremonies are a taste of my work as intuitive. So you can read all about that on the website. And as always... Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I'm honored to share with you in this way. And I look forward to connecting soon, whether it's here on the podcast or in a session. My name is Kelly Rich, and I'll see you next week with a fresh new episode on Own Your Intuition.